So I went to go look something up and I didn't realize that the last thing on my iPad's web browser was that I looked up a taste test of all the different Mountain Dew imitators. <laughs> and this like family got together and scored all the different Mountain Dew imitators. Yeah? Yeah. And? Well, they thought Diet Mountain Dew would end up dead last, but then they all like ended up liking it better than they thought they would. Uh, I mean, original Mountain Dew had to be been the best, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you would think so. I think the thing that ended up winning all the testing, like overall had the highest number of points, was Mountain Dew Throwback, which makes sense because these people were also like old. I mean, I'm not going to pull any punches here. I know. That's fine. I mean, it's interesting that old people are drinking Mountain Dew anyway. I found the article. So on this Mountain Dew taste test thing, this is how they enter. Mountain Dew is my favorite soft drink. Around here, it's called pop. Down south, soda. More on that here, which links to what I guess is an article about American regional dialects for soda beverages. For For soft drinks? Yes. Everyone knows that Mountain Dew is the best, right? Or do those commercials just make us think that? I mean, the only reason we buy off-brand is because we can't afford the real thing, right? Well, a few of us Mountain Dew lovers decided to find out. We did a blind taste test. So what's really interesting about this is they did Mountain Dew in a bunch of different vessels. They did in a plastic bottle, in a can, throwback in a can, throwback in a glass bottle, Diet Mountain Dew, Rocky Mist, which is from Meyer, Sundrop. Citrus Drop, which is from Kroger, Moon Mist by Fago, Mountain Moon Lightning Mist. from Walmart, Mellow Yellow, <laughs> and then Mountain Holler, which is from Save-A-Lot. <laughs> you, would, you, couldn't, you could not pay me enough to drink this, the uh, Save-A-Lot equivalent to Mountain Dew. <laughs> the method. My wife mixed up the order of the product, then poured the same amount into each of these identical glasses labeled A through L. None of the testers was in the room when this happened. After the samples were poured, we came back in to sample each product. Judging solely by taste, we had to rank the samples from best to worst in order. Bonus points if we could correctly identify a sample. Our tasters were four males whose favorite drink was Mountain Dew. My mom was also curious, so she tried them as well. It was just like they got the family together. The results. This is why I love science. It's fun, sometimes surprising, and in this case, tasty. The first thing we all noticed was the variations in color. Very close. All yellow. All oddly packaged in green containers. There are also variations in carbonation, cloudiness, and scent. Mm. This is just on someone's blog spot, by the way. The winner was Mountain Dew Throwback in a can, specifically. Ranked higher than Glass Bottle. Yeah, I was gonna say, I guess they did put Mountain Dew throwback in a glass bottle. Yeah. But out of the glass bottle, like, I would think they would taste the same. Yeah. But science but proved otherwise on this one. It's all it's all your brain. It's all your brain telling you what what hap- what's happening here, which, you know, Mountain Dew, I'm not so hot on. Like, if someone were like, here, all we have is Mountain Dew, I'd be like, all right. But it's it's not my first choice. Uh, hold on, I missed this. Like in golf, a low score is better here. If a taster ranked it as their number one pick, it gets one point. If they ranked it their worst, it gets twelve points. That's baffling to me. Why you would? Pick why it. would you do that? 
I don't know. How would you make a completely arbitrary way to, like, determine if a soft drink is better than another soft drink? I mean, because they wanted to, I guess. Sure. I mean, it's their closed experiment, I guess. It's this, they got together and decided to do this thing and write up All about right. it. All right. And Cola Wars, whatever. Um, this person also writes uh, sci-fi novels. All right. Are they all about soda? <laughs> no, they're about psychics. Mm. <laughs> you don't sound impressed. Interesting. Interesting. This was after I was trying to find a very specific Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew alike. Do you have a time and date stamp on this tab as to when you opened it? Um, no, but I opened it because someone on Twitter was talking about Mountain Dew, mm -hmm. like, lookalikes. Is Mountain Dew Baja Blast your favorite Mountain Dew? Yes. Okay. I, I mean, that's, that's usually the consensus about Mountain Dew. Why did you ask about timestamp? Oh, I just wanted to know, like, how far back in time we'd have to go to figure out what you were doing. Oh, oh I know exactly what I was doing. Someone was okay. talking, about, talking about them on Twitter. So, you know, I went and, of course, had to go look it up. The knockoff for Dr. Pepper at Walmart is called Dr. Thunder. Yeah, I, uh, I think that was my first ever experience with dr pepper actually which is you know that's upsetting oh i do have a timestamp. it was tuesday july 31st wow that really wasn't that long ago no it wasn't but it feels like it <laughs> time uh time is a thing time is a thing and on that note we should start the podcast probably previously on the young ones I didn't realize I had this much stuff to say about cable, but I did. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. Um, well, that's okay, because we're not finished talking about cable proper. <laughs> yeah, we're not finished talking about cable. In the superhero comics community, recording quality content can be especially difficult. On the internet, two dedicated podcasters produce this content as members of an elite squad known as the Young Ones. These are their stories. <laughs> One cable feels corner to the other. Extermination. Man. Extermination, number one. Written by Ed Brisson, art by uh, Pepe Lares, and art, uh, wow, and colors. Colors for the art. Duh. By, uh, I believe that's Marty Garcia? Yeah. I'm going, I'm going with that. Anyway, the Time Displaced Original Five have been around for quite a while now. Yes. They've gone on many, many adventures. Yeah, um, it's time for them to go home. <laughs> In one way or another. Whether they want to or not, yeah. Yeah, uh, one way or another. We open on a really cool post-apocalyptic uh, Xavier Institute in Central Park. I do love a good post-apocalyptic skyline of New York City. Like This is really, it's really good. In, the in comics, not in Listen. real life. The art, yeah, the art, so, so solid. 
Like, so, so good. Yeah, it's very good. So we open on a bunch of dead X-Men. Yeah, that we do. Yeah. That we do. Especially dead kid X-Men, which is... Never good? Yeah, not very good. I think... I don't know. We've we've got a lot of dead kid X-Men. That's what I will say. Um, Because there's one that looks like Lynn and one that looks like Eyeboy and, yeah. Definitely one that looks like a null. So, so, and we've got this like destiny ass, destiny looking ass striding through all of it. Um, uh, this a mysteriously hooded figure. Yeah, who looks like a destiny like warlock and Lock, teleports yeah. out like one as well. Well, yes. Um, so, you know, and we see like a dead Scott. Yeah, and the and the mysterious hooded figure muttering to himself that uh, none of this is right, and, and uh, the my favorite bastard my f- screwed it up. Yeah, that's <laughs> my favorite. That's my favorite line. Um, that the old beginning bastard of this. screwed all this up, leaning me to clean, leaving me to clean up his mess. Yep. Yeah. Which when I saw the preview, I was like, mm, I don't know who this is, but I have a bunch of guesses on who that's referencing. I was wrong. You um, were wrong or right? I was wrong. Um, um who did you well we'll get into that in a second yeah um, so we have like there's like a couple kids like a couple like mutant kids like us maybe teens maybe a brother sister duo that like look like grayscale people which is really interesting um and we get a jordan white cameo as a <laughs> yes. protester also i think um i think one of the people in the crowd is also a cb uh cameo let me person see. in the front of the crowd. Yes, I think you're right. Um, so we get some some cameos from editorial as anti-mutant <laughs> protesters, um, which is really um, which is I just always, really funny. <laughs> I always love, yeah. Um, I mean, clearly Jordan Jordan White does not hate mutants, but it's always I do love seeing cameos. I think it's cute, um, and. Yeah, so that's happening, and then these kids, like, try to run away, and the X-Men swoop in and save them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, all, all the time display, well, basically the X-Men blue team, minus Jimmy, because why would Jimmy be here? Just go away and, and never come back. Um, yeah, appa- apparently he's dead now. Uh, Jimmy as in, like, Ultimate Wolverine's son? yeah. I don't know about dead. He's just away. He got like I um I, I don't know. Hold on. I had a my tabs all shut down. Um Hold on. Give me a second to like I'll cut this out, but I need to Google this. Um here we go. Um Jimmy recently bonded with a poison symbiote following the venomized weekly series and left the team. Okay, so he's still alive, but he has a poison venom symbiote which doesn't sound like a good time no um, so he he's not dead but he's not long for this earth either i think yeah um in um, any case uh our x-men blue team end up taking these kids back to the uh school where they get looked over um and they've been mind wiped like severely mind wiped yeah and have or just have no memories beyond today um, yeah. Which is really so weird. if it was my, a mind wipe, then whoever did it did a 
a stellar job. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we get a Cecilia Reyes cameo. Reyes, sorry. And which is always nice um, to have her as like a doctor. And then we get. <laughs> I was like, the note I wrote, I'm like, oh, this is so cute. Um, Bloodstorm and Scott going on a date and Scott looks so happy. And like Bloodstorm is looking really cute and Scott's being I like love cute the way and awkward. That the soda has drawn. <laughs> you would. I like Can the I fact just tell you that. I like the fact that the paper lanterns are Spider-Man paper lanterns. Like this entire thing was very cute and I liked it a lot. Yeah. And the way the chairs are framing them is really good. It's really and, good. And like also Bloodstorm's really hot. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, so I was looking her up because I didn't know that much about her. She is teen um, Age of Apocalypse, I think. Um, no. Or no, no. There are two Bloodstorms. One of them is from that um, or a similar universe. But this one is from a universe where Dracula took her as a the teen thief version of herself and made her into a vampire and then she ran away um, but she is from inferno um which is a secret wars else world or battle world battle world battle world um, battle world and so she through a series of time and um incursion and uh dimension displacements the o5 team like bought off um madeline Pryor and stuff who she was like aligned with and so she's like fuck like she betrayed the goblin queen and was like i you know i'll join you because i like you guys um yeah basically so that's her whole deal um so she yeah she has a very good look to her um because it's like thief aurora but also like teen or like or um also like punk aurora and like Which gothic, really yeah, and like goth, yeah. No, it's yeah it's, because she's also a really vampire, good. so she's got like a really good like late two thousands aesthetic to her. Um, it's super good. Um, and then yeah, Scott's so, just here in a like a flannel shirt, looking real cute and dorky. Yeah. Um, and they like start to hold hands also. And like, it doesn't really matter what was going on here. I really liked the scene, but I. Uh, suddenly ahab i guess yeah um it's not good uh there's like something that goes you know they hear a noise and then ahab jumps in with a couple hounds um which if you don't know what that is the hounds are from um those are from Age of Apocalypse. I keep saying no, it. those no, those are from Days of Future Past. <laughs> Why okay, can we just have a podcast about Age of Apocalypse? So I'm like oh, you can talk about Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse. Apocalypse, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, I have the omnibus of Age of Apocalypse. I just haven't read it. Um It's okay. It's Everything is from Age of Apocalypse. If you talk to Mikey, it's fine. I'm, I was gonna edit those out, but I guess I can't now because I'm being roasted for it. So <laughs> <laughs> I talk I talk all this shit about knowing all this continuity and then I don't know what is Age of Apocalypse and isn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> a I've large chunk of things. 
is Age of Apocalypse, um, but not the Hounds that NA have. They're from Days of Future Past. So they're from Rachel's Rachel's Rachel Gray's future. Yeah. Like where she I comes do, from. Yeah, I do know that. I'm just mixing up my universes today. I don't have it's all these all the incursion events have gotten me all at like at, discombobulated. Um but yeah, so he shows up. Um both of both Bloodstorm and Scott have no idea what's going on. Um, but they're going to fight him. Um, he wants Scott, apparently. So Scott like says like I'll keep them distracted and you get everyone out of here. Um, and then in a really cool, like, badass thing, Bloodstorm, like, does kind of, like, a hair flip and, like, sticks her hip out and, like, uh, flips her hair up into a mohawk so it's, like, standing up and then, like, orders the blood bags out, which is just, like, so much sass and attitude. Um, it's really good. Like... Because we're getting that like cocky like thief Aurora again, like she and she's a vampire, so like she knows what she's about. Um, and and then what happens she? next is extremely unfortunate, like for a couple different yeah, reasons. She gets these like she gets this cool moment, and then one of the hounds gets all up in Scott's face, and she like punches them like fifty feet away because she's a super strong badass vampire, and they get like half a cool moment together and then she just gets speared by Ahab who has silvered in the true like D&D style has silvered his weapons so he can defeat any potential vampires which is awfully suspicious uh yeah and the listen Bloodstorm is has the unfortunate Bloodstorm has the unfortunate thing with her that she is completely arbitrary. So this happens. Yeah, like she isn't connected to anything, which is unfortunate because, like, as far as I understand it, like, she's really the only survivor of that battle world. And that battle world was really fucking terrible. Like, if I'm being well, honest. Well, she's not from, I mean, she's not from Inferno. Like, she's from another Earth that we didn't oh, see. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's that right. That we didn't see. The Madeline Pryor that ended up bringing her here was from Inferno. I think that's where you're getting a little. Yeah. A little messed up. But. Yeah, so she's not completely, she's not connected to anything. So she gets killed. I mean, it's the first issue of a, of a five-issue series, and she dies. I don't know if that's going to be the last of it. I hope not. Um, just for the major fact that it is, appears that she got like straight up fridged. Yeah, it's not great. Um, like, and, like basically just for Scott's there's, there's pain. No- yeah, yeah, just so he can have like a motivating factor. It's not. It's not great because like I had no idea. Like I hadn't been reading Blue. I know I need to read Blue, but. I loved her, and I was like, I love this. Like, I'm so excited for more of this. And then she just, like, gets killed. Um, And, yeah, it does feel like fridging, because, like, literally the only reason she dies is because, like you said, she's kind of, like, an extraneous um, character. And 
just gets killed for Scott's motivation, which is not a good feeling at all. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that we get out of this, like, that's, like, semi-cool is the panel where Scott lets his his powers go. Yeah. Like, that's always, like, a cool moment, and it's evocative of, like, a a lot of other moments that are similar. Yeah. But, like, at the same token, like, it's, this is not even, like, she could come back. Like, she literally turns to Ash because she's a vampire that got staked. Yeah. So, you know, that's a whole time. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, we're messing around with time here, so things could happen, but, like, I don't, I don't think that was the, I don't think that was the best way to go. Like, but really quick, who gives these random Earth designations that exist only on the Marvel wiki? Because, mm, don't sure, not sure about that she's one. She's from what they call Earth TRN 643. Yeah, you know, Earth TRN 643. Everybody knows that one. (laughs) Yeah, like, supposedly that's official? Yeah, supposedly. Like, they have a literal category that's, like, official reality number. But, like, official for whom? Not sure. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that happens. Scott's upset. Clearly. We cut away to the hooded figure from the beginning of the issue, presumably, on the roof, staring at Iceman as he gets summoned back to the mansion. And uh, then he starts getting shot at. And we're really not entirely sure why. Um, But Cable's here, so everything's fine, right? Sure, and he has, like, a come-with-me-if-you-want-to-live moment. Um, which, because yeah. Bobby is having a bad... The Destiny-ass figure shows up when Bobby's in the middle of um, a play called Jefferson, which is definitely <laughs> Hamilton. Hamilton, <laughs> yeah, which is funny. Um, yeah, it's really funny. Um... But, uh, yeah, and then he's just getting shot at by this Destiny-ass motherfucker. Um, and so Cable is like, does the come with me if you want to live? Um, Bobby is like, nah, actually, I would prefer to fight them off, and gets hit with, like, an electro-taser dart thing. Yeah, and after that moment, we cut back to, uh, the school where Scott is incensed and immediately- He is on the warpath. And immediately starts to come after Rachel? Because the pair, like, the guys that he met up with had the same hound markings. Um, and we learn that Bobby also hasn't been heard from. Also, the mystery grayscale twins are in the background. Um, yes. Just kind of looking at things, which is creepy twins. They look like the children of the fucking corn. I'm not even lying. Um, they do. Um, but at least Rachel gets a little bit of. Like I'm I'm glad to see Rachel doing something. Yeah. Um it and isn't the things that it was in the book X-Men we're not G- going to tell. Yeah. We're talking about yeah, X-Men Gold, yeah. Um and like even her new costume that I'm not a big fan of is when it's drawn by Lara's, it looks really good. Um Yeah. <laughs> uh and then we cut back to Bobby in the alley with cable and 
then we have a showdown with the mystery hooded, as you continue saying, Destiny ass. He looks, Thank he's it. got the Destiny shotgun and l- listen, he's he max does, light I'm not level. lying. He, I, I'm, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, um, but he good moment here. Are like, yeah. <laughs> good moment here. Cable throws the clothes at him. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That's yeah. funny. Um, and the little, little touch like, in, in a back alley behind a cl- yeah, and then they're in like a, a like a like a face off. <laughs> That's funny. I said that. Um, they're like a like a very close quarters combat. Like, and this figure keeps telling Cable that he, he screwed up and he neglected his job. And uh, Cable keeps telling him like, no, we had to leave them here. They needed to see what was going to go on. And there's like a really cool panel that I didn't catch on my first reading. This will be my third one. Um, of the like the like the guy in the hood like pulling the gun out of the holster. Yeah. Like that's like as yeah. a close up, that's that's really good. So I looking at them on the ground here, I thought this was hope. Let's talk for a second. Who did you think it was? I thought it was hope. Okay. I absolutely thought it was hope. Yeah. So they pull the gun out of the holster and then we cut to, you know, Gene not being able to find Bobby and being like, you know, I can look in Cable's head, but he's usually not super happy about that. Um, And then, like, we cut back to Cable getting shot with the drawn um, gun and, you know, so talking about, I'm going to read... I know, like, we're not doing a lot of things panel by panel, but I will read what this guy says. Um, He says, listen to you, rationalizing your failure. Look at you. And, like, Cable's just crawling, just crawling for this gun that was knocked out of his hand and says, look at you. You got old, soft, weak. And Cable says in a grating voice, you're making a mistake. And the hooded figure says, you've outlived your usefulness. And it was here that I began to suspect because he's got like the Ascani like beads like dangling, yeah. the hooded figure does. And and then we see them even more in the next panel. And then he says, or the hooded figure says, give it away a little, I'm sorry. Cable, <laughs> you're relieved of your duty, and shoots him in the chest with two guns and then throws them away. And says, old fool, you really should have seen that coming. And then Gene was in Cable's mind during this period or trying to connect with him and just gets like the psychic feedback of him dying. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Like I felt a lot of things there. Like, and let's just let's just say it's the first issue of a five issue book. Yeah. Like, so then consider he picks also up- considering what happens at the end here? Yeah, so but. he picks up Bobby, who's still got the the dart in him, and slings him over his shoulder and says, "Body slide by two. Which I had my suspicions at this point. Yeah. Um. And then so the next then we get, page, like, the next page is everyone reacting to Cable being dead because Rachel is here, G- Teen Gene is here who has a connection to him, like, not necessarily like the others, but, you know, like, she knows him and knows what the others have felt for him. Like, the others 
being like what has been the redhead trio of teen gene, Rachel, and adult gene. Um, so adult gene shows up and oh god, it's just everybody is everybody feels is feeling awful. Um and they just looking at him being dead and Bobby's gone and um you know so this is all a time and so but they still don't know like Ahab normally works alone but this definitely isn't Ahab because Rachel's not feeling any psychic residue of him or the hounds and so like no one really knows like who's behind all of this and then then we cut to like this base. An undisclosed location. <laughs> yeah, literally says that. And there's like Bobby is in like a cryo tube, and the hooded figure like takes the hood off and says, one down, four to go. And it's a young cable. I didn't know how I felt about this teenage cable. Well, at first. Not necessarily teenage, just young. Like could be teenage, could be 20-something, right? It looks like, uh, it kind of looks like a teenager. Mostly because I was like, alright, I really wish this would have been Hope. Like, that's what my, my first thought was, like, Hope. Like, that would have been, like, really, really interesting to me. Um, mm. And then, on my thinking about it, I was like, I don't know where this cable comes from. Like, I actually don't know. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And then I'm like, you know, thinking about all the things that maybe wouldn't have happened or would have happened differently if the O5 hadn't been in the positions that they needed to be in, like, for all those things in the past to happen. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, is this cable a cable that's never... This cable doesn't have... The... I don't think this cable has a techno-organic virus. No, it doesn't look like it. So this cable doesn't have the TO virus. Um, can clearly like. A... Go ahead. Well, you you finish your thought first. Uh, it doesn't have a TO the TO virus. Um, is clearly like able to psychically shield his mind, which means that his te- telepathy isn't being used to ward off the virus in any way. Um. So tell me your thought, and I'll tell you mine. So I think that this is comes from a universe where like maybe Mr. Sinister existed and got like the gene stuff to make cable, but then didn't have like Scott and Gene together to then like like save him and raise him. So he's been raised by Sinister. I don't I don't think so. Okay. I think this is a cable that two two possibilities. This is a cable that never got the TO virus and maybe was raised by Scott. Or this is a cable that was ri- that was um that exists because like future this is gonna sound weird future teen scott and future teen gene had this cable so he's got the someone also floated out there that this might be strife (laughs) i don't know about that yeah i don't know about that um 
the thing is, he's got like a costume that is reminiscent of um the O5's costume. Correct. So I, I, he's he's from a divergent path that happened because something else didn't. I'm like almost 100% sure. Yeah, I think it's um, time shenanigans. I don't think it's strife. Yeah, no. It, it, this is a cable that's a byproduct of something that did didn't happen the way that it should have. Mm. That's all I can that's all I can discern. Um, but we'll see. Um, I'm, like I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be on his side. Um, he looks like he's he's trying to do something. He looks like he has some sort of affinity for the O5. He's not killing them. I think he just wants to like fix things. Yeah. Um, but what fixing means, you know, in the long run. I am excited. Uh I am excited for the upcoming issue or I hope uh original X-Force kicks this little brat's ass. I think that's going to be hilarious and awesome. Um, I'm also just excited for that issue because it looks like Jean is going to be leading them into that fight. Yeah, we are also from the preview um, covers we're getting like some retro style like head box covers which I always appreciate. Also hold on wait a second. So if you look at the preview covers, the one for extermination number five, who is that blonde man? Where? Okay, so like if you scroll to the end of the book past the letter mm-hmm. like the letters, the cover for extermination number five has the head boxes. But there's a blonde Are you forgetting man. about Warren Worthington the third? But he doesn't have long hair. Does he? Yes, yes he does. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I'll edit this out. I don't it looks kinda like long shot. It looked kind of like long shot, so that's why I was like, wait a second. But no, it's probably just porn. I got excited there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's not long shot. Star is yeah. very much on the cover of of issue three, though. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in his like original uniform, which is interesting, but with hope. Yeah, no, like, it's there's time shenanigans happening. It's classic X Force. Oh, man. Yeah, I thought it was Hope leading classic X Force like when I first saw it, and I was like, that's amazing. Um, I mean, it kind of. Oh, okay. Well, that's still really good, though. Yeah, it's still very good. Um, It's still very good. It is interesting how, um, in a lot of ways, like Hope and um, like Teen Jean, kind of like have very similar character arcs. In a way, it's funny when uh, Hope and Jean meet each other in Dennis Hopeless's Jean Grey book. Yeah, like for sure. It's ve- that's 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 very good. I like it a lot. Um, and you can just see how much like uh her dad Hope is in that. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But uh, I liked Extermination. I felt some things, and I some part of it is unfortunate, and I don't know why that they took that. They went down that path. Um, with yeah, Bloodstorm, I wish they hadn't. Don't fridge people, don't especially fridge characters, especially like women, and especially like women of color. Like I don't know, it just it feels shitty. Like it feels bad. It feels like we've moved past that, and I don't know why we're here. Yeah, I would. I would hope that we'd move past that, but apparently not. Like that was the one, like 
major downer like and downer in the like i was sad but i was also like why did you do this yeah i was like "Mm." like if it literally if it had mattered at all or like it it, like if it had if the stakes had been literally anything i would have felt better than this the way this happened yeah like the stakes were so incredibly low like she and didn't also, die for it, anything. It, yeah, it was really it, she died because she was extraneous. That's all. Right. Like if she had died, like in this epic fight, like at least that would have felt good. But and like, then so she had taken somebody down with her or something. You right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Like had literally any stakes to it. Yeah. Especially because Scott is someone who, throughout all incarnations of him has just like miserable things happening to him all the time yeah and it seemed like like teen scott has had that even like teen scott has never had a chance to be in any kind of relationship for any period of time and it's just constantly and he like clearly he wants to be like it's not for lack of trying or lack of falling in love in the stories but like, he just constantly has that, like, happiness being ripped from him because, like, he, he and Gene are just not happening in this, like, it's, you know, they're just not into each other in this timeline. And for it to look for a second like he was going to have something that he clearly wanted and to have that ripped away from him like solely just to kick off this story and give him like a motivation and to introduce the one of the villains like it it feels like a double whammy right yeah like in not a good way in a bad way yeah (laughs) yeah uh big money no whammies that's how we play the game or like whammies but have them like something i would have even preferred like i wouldn't have been happy with her getting like kidnapped or something but that would have been better than this um so or even like turn her into a hound for the duration of the story yeah or like literally anything else anything literally anything else literally anything else yeah yeah no that that's and that's that on that (laughs) yeah um uh, yeah, this is like, a lot. You can you can kill you can I think you can kill characters and kill female characters without it feeling fr- like fridging. This isn't saying like female characters are off the table or anything like that because I don't believe in that. But there's no. there's a way that you can there's a way that you should go about doing it and a way that you should not. And this aired on the side of you should not. But like yes, otherwise it's really hard for me to feel things in like event books and especially x event books because so often it feels like every team being slammed together but aside from what we just talked about like i thought it was a really well written um event x book uh yeah no um that 05 have been here for a long time like they... I, I'm, I'm like thinking back to when I read Messiah Complex and just being like, "What the feels fuck is like going Messiah on? Complex?" Maybe a little. Well, no, Messiah Complex. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like <laughs> at any point in that book, because it feels very crowded, and like yes. it was an interesting story, but like the moment to moment, like didn't matter 
Like, because that's where they have, like, the weird, like, bridge, con like, they have this weird construct that appears and no one can get through it. And, like, Cecilia Reyes, like, builds, it's, it's like, a lot of weird, like, moment-to-moment, -moment, like, kind of tedious stuff, honestly. Um, there's, like, Richard interesting goes bits undercover. of- Yeah, there's a lot of things Yeah, there's happening. interesting bits of Messiah Complex, um, but, like, a lot of it felt really tedious and really crowded to me. And, like, just a bunch of X-Men that were there- just because it was a cro big crossover event. Because I all the only reason I read it is because it crossed over with XFI. That's, like, literally the, no yeah. the only reason. And, like, Necrotia also, like, kind of felt like that. Um, but this, like, actually feels kind of, like, more what I would want out of an event book. Aside, again, from... With, with caveats. Um, but... Yeah, it feels much better than a lot of like event X books that I've read or just event books in general. But X books, X books are a specific, are a specifically difficult beast, I feel, because you want to try to involve as many of the different teams as, as many people as possible. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And because um, there's, there's so many mutants, <laughs> even there are so many, that's fine. We can keep them. We don't need another board clearing <laughs> mutant event. No, Thank you. Not. I'm Please okay. don't. I, l listen, if a character doesn't appear on screen, I just assume that they're doing well and they're happy. And they're like, doing a good, they're having an okay like, time. Evan, like Genesis, hasn't been on screen for a while. Like, I'm just assuming that he's just nerding out and having a good time. <laughs> just yeah, like, it's, but it's I fine. have a feeling like we're going. So, how do you feel? Let's talk about the, like, so we have extermination, but then we also have disassembled. That is which is which up. is uncanny. Which is a ten part weekly story, uncanny X Men, written by Ed Brisson, Kelly Thompson, and Matthew Rosenberg. Right. Are, so, like, I imagine yeah. because it's the same author that it's following off from this. I yeah, it's going to dovetail into that. I think some of Matthew's things are going to dovetail into this. Um, yeah. Well, it's yeah. already been announced that because we've gotten like a disassembled bit for yeah. Uncanny. So, like, yeah, it's not even like on. I think it's a uh, this has been announced. Um, yeah. So, what do we think about that? <laughs> First off, let's I talk about what we've what we know so far, <laughs> which is almost nothing. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this. Keeps staring me in the face. Um, so I'm gonna put this in the Discord chat, so you have to look at it too. <laughs> Who did you zoom in on? <laughs> oh, X. Yeah, bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Professor X is back. In Phantom X's body. Um, and he's going by X. And I hate it. Like, not the conceit, <laughs> but I just hate him. He's bad. Um, yeah, it's like, thanks, I hate it. I don't um, know if that's going to have... Charlie and I, I were talking the other night, and it's like, to me, it's showing that, like, I, I hope this is like, Charles Xavier was always bad. Um... <laughs> Which I know there's some arguments there that might be a uh, incendiary opinion, but I'm of the opinion that Charles Xavier was always kind of a fuck. Um, so mm -hmm. like making him into like bringing him back from the dead and maybe like 
sharing like that having sheared off that veneer of gentility from him is really i i hate it but also it's like really interesting because i'm like like this is just like all his motivations like laid bare right or or this you know it might be the case um so yeah i feel like i feel like he's definitely going to be an antagonist at some point but i think that's i think as much as i hate like just hate this picture of him being like a smug smarmy asshole in phantom x's body i like it as a narrative conceit actually yeah no i i agree and um i i don't know how i feel about disassembled now because i don't think this teaser really does anything to tell me anything about anything um yeah it just has a bunch of mutants like it's got a lot of mutants on it um some of which are notably missing yeah, and some of which are faves, which makes me worry. <laughs> like, yeah, we're seeing like, some, speaking of teen, uh, this, you know, not being about teen superheroes, there's a lot of teen superheroes on here. There's a lot of X-Men that have been in the background for a while that are now being foregrounded, and I'm like, can we just let them, like, let Trevor and Nature Girl be happy with their Possum King? Yeah, uh... Yeah, there's a lot of people here. There's and a lot of people who Shatter are... Stars here, but no Richter, which is why Charlie's Concerning. having a time. Um, <laughs> we've got like th- some dupes. We've got some multiple men, but these ones do have M tattoos, um, which you know may or may not be here nor there. We've got we have which is wh- what's concerning me like clearly right now is that we have some of the Dead Souls team, but not Richter and Guido. Yeah, which so there's been a couple versions of this particular teaser image circulating around. One has more people cut off than not. So it's possible that it's possible that we're not even seeing the full thing yet. I don't even see. See, this teaser to me doesn't even like like it doesn't tell you like it doesn't doesn't tell tell you anything anything. like it tells me that here are some X-Men. Like, that's what it tells me. Like, it doesn't, t- does it mean that the people that aren't on this aren't going to be involved? Like, that, like, it explicitly doesn't say that. Like. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. The, like, we don't even know what disassembled means yet. Um, yeah, fuck if, if, if I know. Um, yeah, but I have faith. I have faith in at least kelly thompson and matthew rosenberg to not do things that are rude to just be rude um i i I think rick's fine um mostly because rick is going to be in shadow star solo that will go past this this book yeah so it's fine like maybe rick's here and he's just not on the teaser i I don't know. Yeah. Um, so we've got, we do have, it looks like Genesis. We've got. Yeah, I, no, Evan's here. And, and ID's the, here too. ID's here and the, um, the Nightcrawler sprite. I forget their proper name. Oh, the Bamf. Uh, yeah, the Bamf. I know. Yeah. Pickles. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Pickles. Thank yeah. you. Um, and we've got the new X Men who haven't been seen in anything really like. like explicit and like big like they haven't all been in a thing for a little while um a cannonball and sunspot are back on an x in an x thing 
Yeah. They've been Avengers for quite a while now. Um, and then, like, the... The... I guess, like, is it young X-Men or new? I guess it's new X-Men. It's, just, it's the same thing. I know, but, like, there's... Yeah. It de- I guess the term depends on who you ask, but, like, Surge and Dust and um, Cecily Kincaid... Um, Mercury. Yeah, and Hellion and Pixie. Pixie's been in stuff a lot, but some of the others, especially notably Surge, has been kind of out of the picture for a while. Prodigy's over there. Yeah. David's over there. Uh, uh, Firestar's here. Uh, Husk is over over there. Amara. Doug is here. No Warlock. Rip. Whatever's happening to Warlock and Dead Self. Um, Yeah. Um, uh north star is here uh armor um glob glob's over there shark girl shark girl's over Who here so notably is, is one of the, yeah uh shark girl was one of the ones that was dead in like very prominently because she's easy to tell apart at a glance yeah, from everyone she's a but, shark yeah yeah she was one of the people that was dead in the like flash forward future in extinction so, or exter- uh, extermination. Extinction extermination. is something different. Sorry. Yeah, get your stuff right. Um, yeah, so there's I'm a lot of interesting today. there's a lot there's a lot of interesting things going on in this teaser image, but it literally tells me nothing, so I will make no judgments about what it is or isn't about. Yeah. Or the characters just, that are me, or are not involved. It's interesting seeing who they chose to put on here for whatever reason. Reason? Exactly. Um but yeah, so Uncanny X Men is going to be by Matthew Rosenberg, um, and so it is Cannonball Jubilee, um, recently devamped Jubilee, as we mentioned. X twenty three, Hank McCoy, Iceman, Aurora, Adult Jean, um, Betsy Braddock, back in her original body, as far as we know, yeah, um, or it appears to be, um beard nightcrawler which i hate <laughs> and oh, that is a hot take i don't like he looks he the beard is like a weird look to me i'm not into it i'm not feeling it for kurt yeah every, uh, yeah it, you're gonna catch like, flat for that one. Oh, bishop's here yeah i said bishop bishop yeah, was bishop's the last here. thing it, you were so distracted kitty. by by my um hot take on um kurt kurt's beard i just for me it doesn't fit with his like when someone grows a beard like that in comics it's usually like peter like piotr um colossus recently grew a depression beard that looks kind of similar like when someone grows a beard that's like got the full mustache and everything to me that says like they're in a bad place in their lives. I'm having, a, I'm having a hard time. Yeah, yeah. And like for me, like that is, as far as I know, like that is not the case for Nightcrawler. Um, maybe things will change, but it takes away from like his kind of goofy, like Errol Flynn nature. Um, and makes him look like a weird, evil John Hamm. And I'm that's why I'm that's why I'm not into it because it like the people and characters that it evokes for me are like having a bad time day or desperately evil person. So like, it doesn't gel. Like I'm not here 
talking about grimdark i'm not here for a grimdark i don't think matthew rosenberg is going to do this but who knows what's going to happen with extermination i'm not here for like a grimdark like angry take on nightcrawler if that makes any sense like that that Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like a good usage of the character to me um (laughs) or a good direction to take him in so yeah that's that's why that's my reasoning it's not that i don't think it looks good aesthetically or anything it's because it's so far to me what that conveys is so far afield from the character of nightcrawler um that it would take a lot of narrative work for me to like accept that Mm -hmm. um i got you um but yeah People, if you don't agree feel free to tell me your thoughts on twitter um but you know like that's just my take on it it could be yeah. great but i'm it worries me we have some twitter questions that i want to get to before we go because we're running very long yeah um because i asked some people um for 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 some things so uh Wow, my brain. I I like this one. And now it's gone. Why is it gone? Why is it gone? Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> so, um, at uh, Nigel, Nigel underscore uh, Rojo asks, how do you feel about the recent inclusion, inclusion of a lot of the Academy X kids in the new disassembled event and the possibility that they could just be cannon fodder like iBoy? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. We kind of already covered it. I hope they aren't cannon fodder. I am always good. I'm always glad to see the X kids foregrounded. I just hope that they aren't cannon fodder. But I don't think they will. I don't think they would bring, or at least I would hope they would not bring characters back out of like semi obscurity to just kill them off. Given that kind of happened in Extermination, but I, I really, especially with that, like, I doubt. It's not going to be, to me, um, like uh, the book where all the kids died. Oh. Which was, I think, Academy X? <laughs> no. No. The book by Hopeless. Oh, you mean... With um, Colin Bloodstone and oh oh uh you mean uh, Avengers Avengers Arena it's fine yes Avengers Arena it, you can't really akin it to Avengers Arena well right I'm just like thinking of an event where like a bunch of you know like that was explicitly there was like that was the setup for that book and with the battle royale thing so like I you know I don't think it's gonna be like that. No, like I'm, I, I trust the people writing this book, and I don't yeah. like Matthew's run won my trust. Like Kelly's very good, and I don't, and think, I don't think, um, I don't think Jordan as like an ex editor with like sign on, like that doesn't seem to be the direction that he's kind of pushing things to go in. No, we're returning to some things, but we're not, we're not going there. I don't think. Yeah, I, if anything, we're returning to a time and a place where we can see a lot of different characters and a lot of different X-books. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, that are different from one another. And we're removing duplicates from the table. So yeah. we now we don't have to have a book with Gene, Scott, Bobby, Hank, Warren, and then have another book with Gene, 
uh, Gene, Hank, Bobby. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I would rather see more different X teams. And we've, you and I have talked about that like for a while now in terms of like when we, like years and years ago, like a couple years ago, we were both like the X-Men feel really stagnant right now. Um, Like there's like three books that are basically the same team and it doesn't yeah. feel like, like there's no variety and it's either like either you either have to love the stuff that's being put out or hate it because it's like all the same. So we're getting a lot like this is kind of like what the X-Men have needed for a while, I think. And it feels like yeah. it's an X-Men event, unlike the ones of recent years that actually feels good. <laughs> and yeah. like, that's why it stuck out to me so much. Cause like the other yeah. thing is like the, um, like the death of Charles Xavier and um like Jean the like trial of Jean Grey and all of that it just didn't feel good and like like I liked Bendis on the books a lot but as yeah, soon as I he actually left like Bendis but, but the as, ev- but well, as the, soon as he left like as soon as that events, was over with well all those events when all those events started like the little mini X-Men events started happening within those books and like it started losing momentum like that's when the books kind of started to feel bad and then when he left there was like nowhere to go with them yeah um but no i don't think they're gonna be cannon fodder because uh i don't think the writers on this book are gonna do that uh next next question um i well we have a couple but i'm gonna only do two um (laughs) i'll use i'll take zach's (laughs) <laughs> Zach asked, so at Xavier Files on Twitter asked, will the will X fans ever learn to chill? No. The answer is no. <laughs> like um Yeah, literally question, no. like knowing the answer. It's because yeah, he knows. Like, yeah, I know. Um it's because it's so um you know, so near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. Everybody's got their X-Men. And everybody's X-Men isn't the same as someone else's. Yeah. It just isn't. Someone's always going to get pushed to the back. Someone's always going to be unhappy when that happens. Um, I'm living... I lived five years without my favorite characters being in the spotlight. And I didn't know what it felt like to read a book, an ongoing book, with those characters in it. And now I do, and it's terrifying. So um because you have to worry about their well-being all the time like i really don't because i know that the people in charge also like those characters so i'm i'm kind of winning right now but right like there's a lot of characters like i didn't get to see the like the new mutants didn't have like a book where they were like kind of like all the different new mutants weren't kind of around like they were kind of all over the place and so we're getting those characters coming back like young slash young and new x-men were both kind of like floating around for a while and those are all characters that i like a lot so we're getting to see those come back the like wolverine and the x slash academy x kids are coming back so like for me like again we're getting to see people are bringing these teams back in like different in the characters back in different configurations and that feels really good rather than 
Like, as much as I personally thought the Bendis... I think the Bendis X-Men went on too long, first off. Like, I enjoyed it, but it felt too long. Um, And the problem is it was so all-encompassing and so, like, headliner that all it made it really difficult for all the other X-Books to breathe because they had to be tied into that and had to be tied in with, like, what was kind of spiraling out of those books. Like, Wolverine and the X-Men by um, Jason Latour like had to end because Wolverine was dying and so like that book was like shortened prematurely and like stuff like that so it it felt like like for a while it felt like Wolverine and the O5 were the only characters that like X-Men editorial office cared about which is why I think a lot of folks like if you why like i said like why it felt so much like it was all or nothing so like if you didn't care about what was happening there were no like b or c list teams that you could kind of pick up the book and read or you know like smaller faves um so like it and it just dragged on and on and on even without the events and like again i like i do like the o5 but like i thought that before i thought like six months before bendis like was actually scheduled to like when he announced that he was leaving like six months or maybe even like a year before that i thought that the o5 were going to leave much sooner than they did like the fact that they're still around is astounding to me in terms oh, of comics yeah can- right comics canon like how i s- thought that bendis arc was going to go like they're the kids days weren't like clearly people like them and that's fine but like i'm astounded that like it's taken this long for us to be like all that it's been since 2013 yeah that's the baggage that needs to go before the x lineup can kind of breathe i think yeah um they've been here long enough yeah like i i have i don't feel bad about saying my goodbyes to them because as much as I've enjoyed our time together, like we need to move forward because comics has to move forward. That's like inherent to the medium. Like you can't keep dragging when you when you drag like baggage from like years and years behind you. It just weighs everything down. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, it is. Um, It's definitely. It's definitely time, maybe well past time, um, to be quite honest. So yeah, that's been an episode. Yeah, that has been a extra super long episode. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. Testing, testing, testing. One, two, three. I had to explain to my brother what ASMR was. Whoa, okay. And my whole family. That's good. Yeah. They didn't get it, really. I'm sure not. I'm sure not. I'm sure not. Okay. <clears throat> that right there, that's ASMR. Yeah. <clears throat> also whispering like this is ASMR. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because I was trying to explain that you get it from like soft water sounds yeah
Yeah, it's just a good feeling. And they were like, I get ASMR when I look at chocolate. And I'm like, that's not the same thing. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. 